seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, Sacred Stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... Welcome, friends, to episode 194 of Color of Magic, a magic gaming podcast where we talk about all types of issues that affect gamers at and away from the gaming tables and computers. I am your host, Taquan Watson, and for 194 episodes, I still somehow have the same guy here, Brian Allen. How's it going, dude? Have not chased me off yet. Yeah, not yet. I mean, not a lot of people can put up with me for this long, so congratulations. I wasn't going to say it, but you did. <laughs> <laughs> but the same applies to me, so, yeah. Now, this is this feels like it's been a good time. Like, there hasn't been, there's been news, but there's been, like, crazy news going on in gaming. Like, not a lot of uh, scandals, if you will. <laughs> like, I feel like we at some point got, had. it felt for a while, like, we were having those, like, every month. Yeah, there was something big going down, and like the last month or two, it's like things sort of settled in. Our scandal right now is like, when is somebody going to pull the One Ring? You know, like people trying to make proxies of it. You know, it's kind of about it right now. I can live with that though. If that's if that's our life, I feel like we're we're doing pretty good. But before we get into everything, we got to remind everybody: you got to go check out our sponsor. We got a new one now: CoolStuffInc.com. And the cool stuff you can get over there. Includes more than just magic. You can actually get all types of gaming stuff, which is really sweet. And you can even use code DRAGON at checkout. Save 5%. Like, lots to love over there. And the thing to remember, whenever you're thinking about CoolStuffInc.com, they always have cool stuff in stock. But if you want to support the show directly, maybe you're not looking in the market to go get some cards or build a new deck right now, you can hop over to Patreon.com slash Color Magic, and you can get a shout-out just like Elliot Scott. Thank you for being a long-term listener and friend of the show. Also, you can go to colorofmtg.com slash shop, and you can pick up some little goodies for yourself and support the channel. But with that said, let's get into some uh, soapbox stuff. And I had a couple of issues this past week. When I say the past week, in the last, like, eight, nine days. With people reaching out to just be racist. The only way to really put it. But part of it, I think, came from seeing some posts from last weekend where a bunch of us got together down in L.A., West Hollywood, to film some stuff for Tabletop Jocks. And this is the second year we did it. Joe Johnson puts it together, calls it the cookout uh, appropriately. And it's a lot of people with uh, melanated skin, we'll say. <laughs> Mostly black people, but, you know, some some other friends uh, get included. And it wasn't even all black. There were some white friends there as well. But it was a celebration of the culture and bringing everybody together. And, for, and the other thing, too, it wasn't even just magic players or just gamers. It was also people who were interested in this stuff or, you know, exchanging info on how to deal with socials or what's working for you on YouTube or not. And everybody's exchanging business tips and, you know, kind of a way to just bring people up. And there were folks trying to reach out and say, well, it's really not that big of a deal. Y'all are just doing this to try to get extra exposure. It's like, if you really wanted to get exposure for race-related things, like, I could just run down what a week looks like. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. this isn't a thing we have to go find or organize. Get through our comments. Yeah, like, this is a regular occurrence. Literally. Like, that's such a random thing. Hell, I, I saw a video today of a guy in Portland. This is There's a black dude that owns a, a uh, food truck. On the phone with his woman, probably talking business or something from what it looked like. And this dude, a white guy, walks up and just, dude, literally tried I tried to beat him to kill him. Like, there's the only way I can describe it. Like, it, it wasn't just like, I'm going to punch you to knock you out. Like, he was trying to end this guy. And, of course, you know, fortunately, people driving by, like, pulled up, started honking at the dude, like, you know, got their cameras out, you know, all that. And the dude started to take off. Hopefully, they find the guy because that dude needs to just be locked up. But it's like, this stuff's still just happening in the world. Like, how can you be so surprised that people would be trying to do things and positive within their communities when stuff like that is out there? Like, you don't have to look around to find examples. Like, I'm not, bring, if I, anytime I bring up something, and to be fair, none of the stuff anybody, at least that I saw, that anybody shared or put up whatever was making any comments about other than like the obvious thing you could see a lot of black people in a bunch of the pictures. Nobody was really making it about race or saying anything, or whatever. Just like, man, this was fun. It was good to get out and celebrate. It was a great weekend. We got a lot of stuff done, blah, blah. Like it was all positive. So to see that and make that comment, like you, you were, you know, your races is showing a little bit because you're making a point to pull that out when nobody's really highlighting that. As the thing, they're saying, look, we just did a fun thing this weekend and we had a good time and are sharing pictures. Nobody's saying, man, it's good to finally have a space where black people got together, no white people involved, which, by the way, again, there were white people there. So, you know, it's like, come on, man. See, you know, I tried at least once we'd be like, you look, I have white friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We have white friends. There were several there, though. It wasn't even like the token white guy. There were, there was like four, I think. So it was, it was like, a real, a real assembly, <laughs> but, but seriously, you know, if, if I bring something up on my content or whatever, it's usually in the context of a story. I'm not just saying like, Oh, y'all should sub to my channel because I can't get viewers cause I'm black or whatever. Like it's, I'm not out here doing that. Nobody is. If it comes up, it's usually cause of point of frustration or something else happened. But yeah, like nobody's, like you, hell, if there's somebody out there who's using race for exposure, probably Candace Owens. Like for real, <laughs> like. Right. But realistically, no, that's not. what Are there some people probably doing it? Yeah, I'm not gonna say nobody is. There's bound to be somebody. I mean, there always is. But to just say that, like that's what everybody's doing anytime something that involves multiple black people pops up is a thing. Like, come on, man. Like, there's so many other things you can complain about. So many other things you can talk about. Hell, I have plenty of stuff you could nitpick and trash if you wanted to. So you picking that out to be the thing is just like you haven't even really interacted with my stuff in most cases. Because there's other stuff I do have control over that you could probably complain about. Also kind of racist to be like, yeah, seems like a few too many black people grouped up. Yep, something must well, be going on. Well, what yeah. are they up to? So, Somebody yeah. teach them how to read? Yeah, it's a mess. It's a mess. But those people are out there, man. I just... 
putting that stuff out there, putting it on people's radar. By the way, if you follow me on Twitter, I did share that video of the dude in Portland. If you happen to be in the area, check the video out. Hopefully, you can identify the guy and get him off the streets. But anyway, Brian, what do you got? Whew, Paramount Plus uh, has uh, ticked off a whole lot of people this week by announcing they are going to pull the animated series Star Trek Prodigy. Not only is it canceled, even though they apparently have already filmed season two of the show and are supposedly pitching it to other clients. By the way, who wants to who wants to be the client? Like, let, let me bid on a Star Trek show that the company that makes Star Trek didn't want. That's got to be a great sales meeting for you to call. But yeah, they they've canceled the show. It says, even though season two is in the can, nobody is happy. And not only are they canceling it, they are apparently pulling season one from Paramount Plus. Y'all supposed to be the Star Trek channel. I want to be able to turn on Paramount Plus and see all the Star Trek shows ever. That's the only reason. Well, I would say the only reason because, you know, we enjoy SpongeBob, too. But the main reason I would buy Paramount Plus is because I like Star Trek. And you're telling me there's a brand new Star Trek show that's not on Paramount. What the hell? It's not just them. Disney is doing this. Disney is, pu- Disney is pulling Marvel shows now. They pulled Runaways, among other shows. And they, again... Y'all are the Marvel Comics people. I want to be able to see every ridiculous Marvel, Star Wars, Spider-Man, whatever you got. Y'all the, y'all the Marvel people. If I want to tune in for some godforsaken reason to watch the Turner and Hooch TV show, you're Disney. That, that's what I want to see. Josh Peck is one of our finest child stars turned adult actors. You made it. Let me see it already. HBO or what it was, Max, I think it's called this week. I was say, essentially, WB Plus is pulling Batman shows now. Y'all, the Batman people. I want to see all, if I may paraphrase uh, Frank Miller, if I'm tuning in to, to uh, Max, I want to see the goddamn Batman. I don't care if it's Adam West in 1966, the latest, you know, the Batman. Batman Brave of the Bold, which they pulled. I want to see all the Batman shows. And if there's an ambush bug show, I want to see it because y'all are the DC comic streamer. That's what I paid for y'all for. Streamers are getting so bad now to where they're making the cable industry look competent. And do you know how hard that is to do? Yeah. Man, you know, uh, this type of stuff has always been weird to me because... Even a show I've watched before, say like White Collar, would randomly just not have a season available. Like, I don't know how these decisions are even made. Like, they just don't make any sense. And they're they're made and they think they can get a tax write off, basically, is what they're doing. I guess. But I mean, I don't know how much you're getting to write off versus what you could have made versus people being upset and leaving your service. Like, like, I'm sure they, they have people better than me at at predicting all that stuff but it just feels weird it feels very bad for people especially if that's the whole reason or one of the main reasons you even use their service and in the case of max you know they they turned batwoman into a tax or excuse me the batgirl movie into a tax write-off and this is going to be you know the, the the first mainstream latina superhero movie and it just vanished 
You know, we just aren't going to get to see it ever. Because not only did they not show it and they're using the tax write off, they buried everything into it by saying, it's so bad, we can't even release it. Y'all released Black Adam. You tell me it's worse than Black Adam? I mean, to be fair, they released a flash that is going to make less than Black Adam. Right. Let the people decide whether the project is bad or not. Really. I'm just and saying, get, if you if you already spent the money on it, you're still going to yeah. get to write off all the work anyway. So you might as well put it out there and gamble on getting something. Because especially in the case of like Batgirl, or whatever, it ain't like you're going to hurt that part of the franchise because most people ain't even heard of Batgirl before the movie even comes out. So like what damage is there? Well, I think the thing is like if if they don't put it on at all, they can however I think everything they made on it can be let's say it costs two hundred million to make the whole two hundred million of the tax write off. Whereas if they actually use it, then they got to. To be honest, I don't think even people in the streaming industry completely understand how the stats work in terms of who. Also, they want to give us those stats, and they do almost anything to prevent us from actually seeing the stats, especially if something wasn't a hit. If, if something is a hit, it'll happen to us. Hey, more people watched Wednesday than watched you know, the beginning of Stranger Things. But if it turns out to not be a hit, or if it's just fair to middling, they are just they guard those stats. You know, like like, like the like one of those ancient artifacts they pay Indiana to look for. Yeah, I don't know, man. I if you have a bunch of Trekkies, which you know you do because you had the Picard show and everything else, you got numbers. Seems like a bad move to not put it out there, especially if it's already done. And, you know, we don't have Blu-rays or DVDs, really, of, of shows anymore. So at this point, once they pull it off of Paramount Plus, you'll have no way to watch the show. Yep. Until they figure out. And again, I want to be in the room for the pitch meeting where, yeah, we think this show sucks so bad. We're not going to put it on the same street. We got space for SpongeBob Babies, which is basically it's called Camp Coral. But it's essentially SpongeBob Babies, a TV show. We found room for SpongeBob Babies. We couldn't find room for this show. But we think it'd be a great fit for your network. How do you sell that to anybody? You don't. That's literally it. You just don't. And the sad thing is Steven Hillebert, the creator of SpongeBob, said just jokingly, he he would know he was out of ideas when he decided to do SpongeBob Baby. Because that's the that's the last stage of a cartoon when they do whatever the Muppet Babies or whatever this is. They say, at that point, you know the franchise out of ideas. And I mean, he hadn't been gone, I don't think, two years before they agreed. Sir, do not besmirch the name of the Muppet Babies. That, oh, yeah, that, the Babies that is show the, ran for a minute. That thing had like six seasons or something. <laughs> it, it is the best example of that trend, but they did it. Every other cartoon did it, and it was so transparent. Oh, I was wrong. Eight seasons. There's Baby Looney Tunes, Baby Flintstone. Now, I'll say uh, a pup named Scooby-Doo was great. I'll fight you about a pup named Scooby-Doo. That was all right, too. That one was good because it really made fun of the property, but you know, it was done with love and they would just stop and go right. Wait, it's time for the chase scene. <laughs> yep. That one wasn't that long though. That one only had two or three seasons, surprisingly. Which is wild because it, it gets so good. And Phil would stop and say Jinkies, and nobody paid attention. Excuse me, I said Jinky. <laughs> Man, for real. Okay, well, I'm going to move on because we're showing our age now. We're in people going, what are these old idiots talking about? But it is time to talk about what we learned this week. And I think there's actually 
two pretty interesting things here. So, Brian, what do you got? Yeah, the uh, the Microsoft trial where they're basically trying to, to convince the, the FTC that, hey, it's fine for them to pay $70 billion to buy Activision Blizzard. They All the tea is getting spilled. For example, Microsoft basically had to admit that by their own internal numbers, we, we were just talking about projections and when, how, you, how you prove who's winning. By Microsoft's own numbers, they don't believe they've ever won a console war. They, I, I think we pretty much knew that, like, okay, they didn't beat the Nintendo Wii or, you know, the PlayStation 3. Those things were juggernauts. By Microsoft's count, they didn't even beat the Nintendo GameCube. And GameCube wasn't no, there to be, you know. can't be right. Is that, I mean, I feel like they're trying to, like, lowball some numbers to get some favoritism in this argument. But I mean, look look at how bad it is now. You don't get this for like you don't get this way if you have Mario, Link, Zelda. Sony has Kratos. Other than Halo, and by the way, Halo's been a disaster this round. What does Xbox have that would make you buy an Xbox? The answer right now, sadly, is almost nothing. That's how they got to this point. I don't know, but I'm just thinking like you know, like the 360 was solid in sales, like that was crushing, like the but the, but it had the red ring of death, so you know they really it took sure, <laughs> it took they, years for them to get over that. Didn't they sell like 90 million of those? Probably because you know I know I went through five because the damn things kept burning out. But <laughs> would you still felt to go replace it and have it because they they were the hot thing, right? And in fairness, I think two or three of them were free because I got red ringed and they had to send me one totally for free. So they may have still lost money. Because I mean, for the first two to three years, red ring of death was a, it was, I'm telling you, it was three or four years in before they got to where the, hey, we think we have finally solved the red ring of death problem. I mean, I I guess it's possible they they lost everyone, but. Yeah, you know they didn't beat the PS3 because PS3 crushed it. It's, you know, a gener- just generational type win. Same I, thing with Nintendo Wii. Nintendo so, Wii destroyed everybody. I do remember the 360 and the PS3 being very similar in sales. Like, because I do remember when those were happening. They're within a couple of million of each other. But, I mean, well, not I, I, maybe this, I maybe didn't get a PS4. Win. Yeah, PS4, that generate. yeah, they got cracks. That was the PS4 versus, like, the Xbox One? Yeah, that's probably one where they just got their their lunch handed to them. Yeah, that one I know they lost. Because I think they sold, like, half as many uh, as PlayStation did. So that, I believe. And there was also an internal memo that leaked where they basically said, or one executive said, and everybody said, this is just him, this wasn't us. But they said that their plan was, they felt... They could spend Sony out of business. They were the only company that could afford to do that. And lo and behold, here we come up on $70 billion Activision Blizzard merger. And they supposedly wanted to buy uh, Bungie, which I think ended up getting bought by Sony. They tried to buy Sega at one point. And I love Sega, but other than so- other than Sonic the Hedgehog, what does Sega have left that you could put Sony out of business with? Oh, yeah. Sega is just making stuff for everybody else now. That's all Sega does. Yeah, and I, I again, yeah, I love Sonic, but I try to think what else is Sonic putting Kratos out of business? Not at this stage of the game. I'm just thinking that's a very interesting argument from Xbox or Microsoft because they had to have beaten, like, well, everybody beat the Wii U, <laughs> right? Well, yeah, like, I mean, like, so I know you, you at least beat that. 
I don't even think they call that a war. That just <laughs> didn't beat the Wii because I know the Wii sold like a hundred million yeah. units. So that's you didn't beat nobody that. beat the Wii. <laughs> the, the Wii was the, the undisputed champ of that generation. Yeah, I think the all-time best-selling systems are like the PlayStation Two and the Nintendo DS. Like those yeah. just crushed everybody. But yeah, I don't know because yeah, all the other Nintendo ones did solid. Yep. Outside of like I said, the Wii U. For at least for the time period they were produced. I mean, yeah. every system, the more years you go down the line, more of us nerds got older and have more money, so the sales keep going up and up. Right. But, and yeah, poor, that's poor, poor uh, Redfall, which is going to go down being one of this year's biggest flops. Microsoft turns out it, it, they were so confident that Redfall was going to crush it. They were working on a Redfall TV show. <laughs> Clearly, no. that's not happening now. Yeah, yeah. No, they, like they just assumed that was going to be a home yeah. run. Okay, if if that's true, and I'm assuming it is because they're putting in a court document, you would have to like that makes the the release of that game even worse because like you could. It's one thing if you're just trying to get sales on the game, but if you have a plan to basically like for real franchise this thing, you need that to be as close to perfect as it can be at launch. And if that means you got to push it back two months, four months, whatever, you have to push that back. Because that failing basically cost them their whole plan. And, you know, like we talked about a couple episodes ago, outright losing the console war. Like, you're done now. Well, we've talked about how, you know, when we were growing up, it's just, you know, especially before, you know, everything was tied to the Internet. Your game had to actually launch in working condition. Yeah. Now you just we're gonna do a huge day one patch. It, it's a sixty gig patch, but you gotta install this for the game to work right. So people have just gotten used to, hey, you know, this game is unplayable. We'll fix it with the patch. That's just where we are now, sadly. And sometimes they can't do it. And Red Fog will be those cases where even the patch <laughs> the patch ain't gonna undo all the bad press you've gotten from how that game launched. Exactly. It's not gonna undo all the terrible reviews that you got, but that's just yeah, the we game's are, bad. The game's bad. Now there have been cases like where I was Destiny. I was at Destiny Two launch, and it was mid, as the kids like to say. But over time, as more DLC came out, a lot more people are enjoying it. Even Cyberpunk, which I think we blasted on this show for a number of reasons. But again, over time, they put out DLC to where people are no longer embarrassed to be playing Cyberpunk. But yeah, if you're if you're doing a whole TV show or you think you are, you want that to be working at launch. You need the positive word of mouth. Yeah, for sure. Man, that's yeah. crazy. I mean, I guess sucks to suck if you're Xbox right. or Microsoft. I don't know. Yeah, I, I like I said, I guess really outside of the Xbox 360, that's the only console era that they were competing or winning. All the others, I guess they just got beat. Yeah. I hadn't really thought about it till right now until you said that, but I'm like, yeah, I, yeah I, when you, I, when you say it out loud and you just <laughs> you just name the consoles that you know they didn't beat, you know. Yeah, I think it's just that era with the Xbox 3 and basically it was them and the PlayStation 3, because I think those came out a couple of years apart or a year apart yeah. or whatever. So yeah, but and even if you want to say they won that, they had to replace so many of those things with the red rig to where I'm sure they took a bath. But even then, even if you did win, that's only, what, like a one five-year stretch in the middle of the last 25 years of consoles or whatever? 
Yeah, it's I mean that's bad. Anyway, not even had, five, probably a four year stretch. Actually, yeah. yeah and to be clear, I think they've sold some like twenty million Xbox Series S's. Uh, you're now the, the company is not poor by the stretch of the imagination, but you know, companies don't do things to finish in third. Yeah, that's. But the thing is, it's not just that they sold. Let's say, let's say it is twenty million Series X's. That's so far behind what everybody else is doing, right? Because I think the last number on PlayStation was they were well over thirty million on their way to forty for PlayStation fives, and the uh, the Switch was just like selling absurdly too, like because I think the Switch is already over a hundred million. So it's like, man, you're just getting crushed right now, like not even close to comparable. Yeah, I just pulled it up. Uh, looks like. Uh... It looks like PlayStation 5, like you said, about 35, 35 million. Xbox X slash S, 21 million. So the gap is huge. Yeah, you're not making that up. No. And I mean, they've admitted as much. They they don't think there's going to be any kind of world in which Starfield comes out and everybody goes and buys an Xbox. It's just not. And as I mentioned on here before, the worst part was that for the first, what, good year to almost two years, you couldn't even go in a store and buy a PS5 when you wanted one. You had to go on StockX. You had to you almost had to shank somebody to get a PS5. That was the time for the Xbox to make hay and they didn't do it. Yeah, they they messed up. Like there's somebody no way around that. As somebody that has at this point all three of them, it was far easier to find the Xbox Series S. Yeah, that's just crazy. I mean, I guess, I mean, you're in the world now, it kind of makes sense because you look around and see if they'd have had Blizzard Activision, they'd have got their hands on some Diablo. Diablo money is going to be good money for a while. And they are still saying that they're not going to gate Call of Duty, which sadly probably is the only thing that switches these numbers around. How many people do you know that they only play Call of Duty? It's all yeah, they play. True. There's a lot of people. Man. Well, mine isn't nearly as exciting, more than it is just interesting. But uh, I saw earlier today that Elijah Wood apparently is a DJ. What? He's he's part of a DJ duo that specializes in spinning old vinyl. They're called Wooden Wisdom. I was about to say, what is his DJ name? Which is apparently kind of a cool little DJ tandem band unit name. I don't know what you call a group of DJs. They're not really a band. I guess they're a duo. But uh, yeah, and this is the same Elijah Wood because I had to look up the picture. I'm like, is it the same Elijah Wood right. or is name Elijah Wood? But no, same dude. The guy you know from doing our nerd stuff but yeah and apparently they're going to be playing the i guess you'll call it the after party or whatever they do at all the magic cons in uh barcelona so this is have tickets to barcelona and you're going to the magic party god uh, now i want to you actually will get to have some amount of time i don't know if they're just gonna do one set or do the whole evening or whatever but they are billed as performing at magic con so you're going to get a hobbit <laughs> to DJ your evening. Like, which is, man, like, that's like such a weird nerd thing, right? Like, right. this dude you know as a hobbit is going to show up to your other nerd thing where you're hanging out with other magic players at a party 
and he's going to be your DJ. They said, don't leave this concert early. And I don't mean to, Mr. Frodo. I don't mean to. Exactly. Like, I'm just saying, dude, being a nerd in current society is so off the rails compared to what we thought growing up. Like, the fact right now, we were talking about this earlier, like, so many of the movies at the box office are nerd movies that I hadn't even gotten around to seeing yet. Like, where once upon a time, you'd have been, like, excited to get, like, one fantasy movie or one, like, comic book movie. It was, like, a big deal. Like, when Blade came out, we were all jacked. Right. We're like, Wait, you mean Blade from, like, the, the Spider-Man books? And we're like, oh, man, this is going to be wild, right? Now we get it, like, every other month. I always talk about, you know, if I had that time machine, was able to go talk to 10-year-old Brada. Okay, yeah, prove to me you're for the future. What what TV shows are on right now that are for nerds? Bro, there's a Green Arrow TV show. You're obviously lying. This man is a con artist. They've never done a Green Arrow TV show. Dude, there was, a point, there was a point in time where we had Green Arrow, The Flash, like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Legends of Tomorrow, which yeah, is like, like the list Flash characters. We had Teen Titans was a thing. You know, like, it was just like piles of nerd stuff. And just like, this is unreal. And now you can have one of the people from one of your other favorite franchises DJing at a party for your other favorite franchise. Like, this is where we are as nerds. Like, this is... This is, this is nerd inception right here. Yeah, exactly. This is the dream within the dream. <laughs> It's wild, man. It's wild. But I thought that was a fun piece of news because I was like, because I'm not one of those people that knows about a lot of celebrities' personal lives unless it's just like something really big that makes big news. We, we, we know. We, 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 were here. We, we were here. You're like, what's that? What's that woman that's the really famous actress? And then like, Meryl Streep, the most famous actress ever in that one. For sure. For sure. So, like, finding that out was just really cool. So, I guess if you are in. Europe or in Spain and you're considering uh, going to Barcelona or going to the magic after party or whatever. Which admittedly is one of the most bougie things, most, most, most bougie conversations I have ever been a part of. Yeah. If you're in Spain. <laughs> but I'm just saying people live in Spain, you know. It's also if, true. If you're just there and you were thinking about going, here's a little more incentive because. What, what are our numbers in Spain? Do you know? Is it, oh, ours is not very big. We only have like okay. a couple of handfuls. That listen but to still, us. If you are listening and you are in Spain, first of all, you know, drop us a line. Let us know if you're going to this. Yeah, for sure. Also, speaking of which, if you're listening to the show right now, pause it. Go to wherever you download the show from. Give us a little five star and a little review. So we pop up when people are searching for magic stuff or gaming. Right? Stuff. Like that'd be a little helpful. But with that said, let's talk about some kind of serious news here. So last week, there was a story that popped up that apparently some people are panicking around the San Diego Comic-Con because one of the things that's become a big deal over the last, I don't know, I guess we could safely say like 10 to 12 years, has been panels for all these different nerd movies and TV shows. Well, usually you have some combination of an important writer level person producer Sometimes a director and yep. the main showrunner for TV shows, yeah, would show up and they would answer questions or talk about theories on the show or whatever it is, right? Taking questions from the audience after giving you the pitch of like this is what's coming up or showing you a, a trailer or whatever. This time, none of them are showing up. Pretty much every major studio, and it looks like most major streaming or TV stations, 
are not attending because you have nobody to attend because the people involved in writing a lot of the stuff are on strike right now. And a lot of the actors are in solidarity for them to not show up at things they would normally show up to. So you're going to have a whole man, a big chunk, like close to probably half of the attractions for San Diego Comic-Con not being there. Let's see if we can get a panel together for Golden Bachelor. That's a real thing, by the way. Did you hear about that? No. Bachelor with old people. I'm not, because I'm closer to that than I am the original Bachelor, but I'm not joking. They're doing Bachelor for old folks. I mean, to be real, if you gave me Bachelor's like 70 plus, there's probably some real entertainment that could come from that because old people don't give a damn. Like, they'll just... Sponsored by Viagra. Dude, they'll just say what's on their mind. Like, that could be some good TV if you get the right people on there. But yeah, like this whole thing with San Diego Comic-Con, like this is sort of one of the things that we knew could happen, right? If this didn't get resolved, like at this point, even if it gets resolved right now, you may not have time to get enough stuff done to talk about. 2024 entertainment is going to be a barren wasteland. Yeah, well, we went through this a bit with that other writer strike, though the other one was short. You know, it still wrecked a bunch of TV shows during that window of time. I remember it because that was when uh, Heroes was on that yep. that comic book show where people got powers and they were trying to figure out what was going on. Like that was on. A, I think it was season two of that show was in the middle of the writer's strike. So like half of that season is a mess because they were just like rushed writing and yep. trying to complete stories that were half written or and whatever. The show basically never recovered. Yeah, it, it it's rough. It, it might have been season three, but it, it was one of those. But man, it was not pretty. I and think it was I, season two because the the, the dipping quality between season one and season two was. I was I was doing recaps of Heroes when that was a thing, and it went from being the most popular show, especially in that genre on TV, to oh, is that still on? It could be. You might be right. Uh, it's it was a while ago. And I think they dragged it out for about four or five years, but it never captured the magic of season. Yeah, I think it got four seasons, I think is what it had. And it had a pretty abrupt ending, too. But, yeah, I mean, and and I heard that happened to other shows, too. That's just one that stuck out in my mind. So I can only imagine it's going to be the same thing. Because, I mean, again, these streaming networks have a bunch of series they were working on. That's what's frightening. That was in the still the era where broadcast networks were still where you got most of your content. Now, like we just talked about, everybody has a streaming service. It's about to become a barren wasteland. And oh, by the way, they're pulling a bunch of the old content for tax write-offs. So yeah, this is well, yeah, and and that's where you have a benefit with if you're somebody like Netflix because they were the biggest producer of comedy, so you at least can get like new stand-up sets or whatever once they start doing things. I mean, can you? Because, you know, some can, not all, but some comedians use writers. Oh, no, no, that's what I'm saying. Once once the strike's over, though, it's very easy to start generating that content. You can't necessarily do that when you got to go get, go on location, get a bunch of costumes, you know, you got to pay all these different people to be on set. Like, that's a whole different thing. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. As somebody that does stand up, I'd make the differ on how easy it, there are people that I remember there was a guy that won last comic standing and he couldn't tour because he was a brand new comedian. He didn't have an hour of material yet. Oh no, no, that I, but I guarantee you there are some comedians sitting at home right now, probably not performing. Oh yeah, you know. So they're they're gonna have some stuff in the tank. But you, you it's a good thing you bring that up on something like Last Comic Standing, because I remember having that thought about the show of it's nice if a new person can win, but it's probably better if somebody with experience wins. Yeah. 
because they can take advantage of the opportunity, not even just having a set ready, but like they already know how to deal with the press. You know, they're probably on the later seasons, you know, they're already better with social media and all this other stuff where the new people aren't necessarily going to be the case. I think that's, you know, they would absolutely say that's one of the reasons they kind of put their thumb on the scale and to some extent rigged the competition because they didn't want that happened once that you don't want that to happen again or you don't have a show anymore. Yeah, and it's and it's not good for them anyway, you know, at the end of the day, because if the people that are winning don't make it. It turns into American Idol, essentially. Yeah, then it, then it just looks bad, right? Who's the last American Idol, you know, that really accomplished anything? It's been years at this point. God, I've, I couldn't even tell you. Yeah, for like, the whole purpose of the show is supposed to be for, you know, to, to create new pop stars. I mean, I, God, yeah. I'm just trying to think, like, it, could I even guess who would be from the last, but I, I don't. I feel like I could, like, if I saw them, I could maybe identify one or two people. But that's not saying much. But probably nobody from the ABC era. And I think it's been on ABC no, for not probably ABC era. Like, four or five I don't think years I now. I think the last one, you know, that, that I still remember occasionally hearing his songs on the radio was Philip Phillips. That's, and that's fair. been probably 10 years or better. Yeah, that's at least 10 years ago. Yeah, I feel like I know I've heard more people that finish in the top three or five, three to five on American Idol than I have of the winners. Which is kind of weird. But Star Search was the same way. You would have, I think Sinbad came in second or third. Sinbad actually lost to the Crypt Keeper, the John Kassir. Really? Not that John Kassir didn't have, I mean, he think he's still doing voices. So Kassir had a, just a great run of entertainment. But to think that Sinbad, who at one point has, you know, it was one, one of the biggest shows on TV in a different world, lost to the Crypt Keeper. Man, you know what? Sinbad still tours. Right. And I actually was like, I was going to try to get tickets to one of his show because he was coming to a place not far from me. And they weren't that expensive. They were like, you know, 20 bucks or something. But I just happened to be busy. But I'm like, man, I would have seen a Sinbad show. I don't think I've ever seen John Kassir do stand up outside of Star Search. Probably didn't have to because he does so much because he can do those crazy voices. So I don't know if he, even know if he does stand up anymore. Yeah, that's true, too. I remember trying to book Sinbad when I when for our to come to LSU Shreveport when I was in college, and we couldn't afford it. We the different world was still on, and he was charging some ridiculous amount because you know if you for that you got to leave the studio basically. Dude, he, was, like he to, was big time. He was doing movies right? with Schwarzenegger, like Jingle All the Way, yep. like which is still one of my you know guilty Christmas pleasure classics or Christmas. I were how you would say that. I don't know. Yeah, that that dude was out doing stuff once upon a time. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, that's true. But yeah, man, if you're going to a San Diego Comic Con, I would keep eyes on it because I think they're going to be changing a lot of their scheduling. Yeah, we're probably. I'd imagine that's probably all they're doing for the next two weeks or three weeks is. Signing other things. But, hey, there is some possible good news here now that I'm thinking about it. Maybe they get to focus on comic books more again. Because you can probably still get comic people to show up. True. You know, so. Unless some of them have switched over, like, forget Robert Kirkman is involved in the writing of of the Walking Dead TV show to some extent. So. Oh, sure. But there's still a bunch of comic writers, a bunch of artists, you know, a bunch of people related that you could get 
other stuff set up, which would be kind of a cool throwback to back when it yeah. was focused on comics. So while it does suck, because don't be wrong, I think all these people should be paid more since these studios Definitely. are making literally billions of dollars. It may not be necessarily the worst thing for San Diego Comic-Con, but we'll see. We'll see. So something amusing happened, and it's a little bit tinfoil hatty, but we'll talk about it. So XQC, which we talked about the last week or the week before, he signed his big deal with Kick to get his 70 to 100 million. He decided he was going to open up some Lord of the Rings product because he wanted to play the uh, One Ring Lottery, as we're calling it. Uh, In-house, in what is their reason for doing a different set of boosters? Because that does seem to make it a little more needlessly complex. Uh, honestly, now, the collector's boosters are strictly for more money. Like, we can just put more cool versions in there, and people will buy them, and they're all foil, and we can just make more money. I'm pretty sure that's the only thing on a collector's booster. The difference between the draft and the set boosters is draft boosters are exactly what they sound like. They're kind of the traditional old packs that you just use for regular booster draft. On the set boosters, one of the things they got was that people hate opening packs and having just a bunch of duplicates of cards. So there's less commons, more uncommons, and higher percentage to get two or three rares in a pack in the set boosters. So pretty much every time I open a box of set boosters, I end up with like anywhere between six to eight more rares than I would get opening a regular draft booster box plus i don't have a bunch of duplicates of a bunch of commons all gas no breaks yeah pretty much so set boosters sell way better than draft boosters for a lot of people because the average people buying them don't necessarily draft so they'd rather just have set boosters i'm pretty sure collector boosters are just here's a way we can make more money and give people cool cards that's i don't think there's a real like functional explanation other than let's just get more money on those but yeah it's he'll be fine he probably still opened some sweet cards he can sell or whatever anyway. It made for a fun spectacle for a day. He didn't open a one ring, so it's still out there, apparently. Good luck. <laughs> I'm not sure what else to tell you. Another interesting thing that happened, though, is I've been seeing more gamers, particularly gaming content creators, Complaining about their views being down uh, kind of started a week or two ago and seems to have carried through this week. And one of the things I kind of wanted to point out to people is that it's not that abnormal. There seems to be a drop that happens in the beginning of the year because, you know, New Year's and whatnot. And people going back to work after being on Christmas vacation and all that good stuff. And then during the summer, there seems to be about, I would say, maybe about six weeks where people see a dip. And that also makes sense, right? People getting out of school, people going back home, being on vacation, taking trips, maybe doing the movies more often, whatever. Being outside with your kids, having picnics, you know, whatever. And it's surprising to me to see that this pops up every year. You know, and admittedly, I've only been a full-time content creator for, I guess, going on four years. Not quite there yet. But these seem to be like patterns we see all the time. Like, you know, your numbers spike in the, the fall into the winter. And then they're going to be a little lighter come beginning of the year and a little lighter in the spring. Or I mean, in the in the summer. But it would it's really genre dependent, right? Like if you were somebody who was talking about swimsuits and beach vacations and whatever, you're probably getting a lot of views right now. Begin of the summer, people looking for stuff to do, trying to figure out where to go, restaurants to hit up or whatever and vacation spots. Your stuff's probably banging. Whereas theirs probably has the opposite come the winter months. Because ain't nobody trying to go on vacation. Whatever they got to deal with family and buy Christmas presents. 
and know what the hot products are to buy for their kids or whatever. Like, so those things are getting views. If you're in weight loss stuff, shoot, January to March, money. Because you get all <laughs> you got all those people with their New Year's resolution. I'm I'm gonna hit up the gym three times a week, and where by the time they get to the end of February, they're like, "F this gym." You know, like <laughs> you 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 see the people every year. You know what I'm talking about, right? So it's it's just job. Oh, and when I was with the paper at the start of every year, we would do all the hey, here's the new fitness trends, and like you said, by February, nobody's talking about that anymore. Exactly. <laughs> doing, uh, Valentine's Day, eat all this chocolate content. That's what I'm saying. See, so it's it's literally just genre dependent. Like, we need to calm down. Don't freak out. I've seen people speculating everything from algorithms changing or different platforms pushing different content or whatever. As far as I can tell, none of that's happening. Like, the best thing I could tell a creator is don't be so worried looking week to week. Look year over year. And that tells you a better story. And if you haven't seen growth, either in views or dollars or whatever, whatever your important metrics are for yourself, then that's something to be concerned about. But if you get to the end of this month and the numbers are three to five percent higher than they were last year, like, okay, cool. Everything's on a normal trend. It just feels weird because you're coming off a period where you were getting more. And let's also remember this year could be a little weird because you still had last year being a key COVID year. So people were still at home. People were watching more Netflix and everything else and YouTube. So, like, you do have to have some rationale to understanding the numbers as well. But this, this is a real thing. And, and I get how it can affect people and how it can look. But, you know, ride it out a little bit. You're probably going to be okay. I just think I've seen a few people panicking. And I think it's going to be fine. Uh, Brian, I'm assuming you saw last week, I think it was on like Thursday, where Rosewater put out some information talking about internally at Wizards, they had moved from using the word tribal for a while to using the word typal. And now that's a thing that people are trying to adopt, I guess, because it's like Wizards official or technically kind of official because <laughs> yeah. they're not putting it on any cards or anything. They're just saying like, this is the word we used. So I don't know. How do you how do you feel about that? I was right. <laughs> it's just a victory lap. Victory lap. I'm sorry. That's not the most important thing, but it, I do like enjoy p- pointing those things out. <laughs> it, it was time to stop saying tribal. It's been I said I used to say it, had it pointed out to me the numerous reasons why, yeah, it's it can be perceived as offensive. And at one I changed my language and it wasn't hard for me to do that, despite you know all the gnashing of teeth in the comments on my video referring to that was you might have heard that got picked up by uh the reddit that shall not be named so yeah this is this is a change that has needed to happen for a long time and the wizard said they would try to be more receptive to things like this this as we said we credit when they do something right and jump on them when they do something wrong this is a clear case where they have done something right yeah, you know, I I don't necessarily prefer the word, but I do get the reasoning for sure. And a lot of people I've encountered over the last, at least this year, maybe some of last year, I would say, it was already becoming kind of popular to use the term theme to replace yeah. tribal, right? So you say, oh, I have an elf theme deck or I have a dwarf theme deck or whatever. 
and that was becoming very common. And I think it's also because it works for other things, right? I have a plus one plus one counters theme deck or whatever, yeah. right? So it's easy to fit and it just works for a bunch of stuff. And I think that's what, and I think a lot of people may still use that because it just rolls off the tongue easier. It's a word you use for other things and it kind of makes sense. But it's also cool to just have another word people can use. And as Rosewater said, you know, they're not the word police. They're not going to come to your comic shop and beat you up if you say tribal, but they have decided they do not want to continue using it. And so it's kind of, they've put it out there. (laughs) It's up to you what you want to do with that information. But I would encourage you, really, if if somebody in your group tells you that they would prefer to use another term, what is the reason to continue using the term that, Ticks people off if you are, in theory, attempting to grow your player base. And I would hope that we are all trying to grow the player base and keep this game active for the years to come. Yeah, it's not really that difficult of a change to make. Uh, it, it's it's like a lot of things. If, if you're making that your hill to die on, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I guess your life's yeah, pretty good yeah, because that's the issue yeah. you have to hold on to. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, also, <laughs> you, you might be the a-hole, you know? <laughs> just, that much is true. Uh, there's there's no might at that point. Like, if it's bothering people, it's the least you could do. It's, and really, it's not even like it's a thing we say all the time. You know what I mean? It's not like you have to keep using the term tribal regularly when you're playing Magic. Like, except for when you tell somebody about a deck... It doesn't come up all that often. Yeah, there's lots of people that don't ever run those decks. So Yeah, so like changing that, like, I get it. If when you're trying to change a part of your speech or phrasing that you just say a lot or it comes up all the time because you're really working out of a habit, you know, and it's like, I could get get that. And maybe it's hard to figure out how that works. But this is the thing we don't even say that often. Like, So it shouldn't be that difficult. But... I don't have a problem with the word typo itself. Like I said, I'm probably still a theme person. But the thing that was surprising to me is people didn't know typo was an actual word. There were a lot of people that thought that was a made-up thing from Wizards. I, I had to look that up, too. I was not aware. Yeah, it's an it's an actual real word. And I think I only knew it because years ago it came up in, like, a Scrabble game. Okay. <laughs> I think that's the only reason, because we had to look it up. Yep. But it's literally what it sounds like relating to or constituting a type representing a group like uh, literally exactly how it sounds what you think it means literally the same way people were using the word tribal this is actually more accurate yeah in a weird way so if accuracy of describing something is a thing this is actually more correct just outright than to say tribal tribal almost became more of a catch-all like what's the right word just something we used in our language that kind of developed over time but it doesn't really accurately describe what your deck is and what it's doing whereas this says hey all the cards in this deck fit this exact type of plan or creature or whatever because like i said again you can use it in the same place as you use theme and those are also going to be more accurate than using tribal. But yeah, I don't know. People, like I said, it's not huge, but there were, you know, this typical knuckleheads that come out of the woodwork, wanted to talk trash to people about it or whatever. But generally speaking, it looks like it was pretty well received. I think it was just 
I don't know, maybe just because officially it was like, okay, we've been doing different things and changing it. And knowing that Wizards internally had already be spe- been speaking about it differently for a long while now, kind of just confirmed that everybody's, well, we'll say mostly everyone is on the same page. <laughs> so that that's not a bad thing. I'm I'm with it. But that kind of brings us to our last bit of business today in the dinner table. And this one's, I don't know if I'd say it's a two-part question. Maybe it's all related to the same question. But the question here is, why did we choose to put our content on our platforms of choice? And did the racial makeup or environment affect that decision? So I don't know about you, Brian. Like, I guess you're mostly on on YouTube now. So what led to your decision making? I think really just uh, the discoverability, you know, you can find it through a Google search, whereas, you know, that's not something that that's something that Twitch offers. But the, I would say probably the majority of the people that come to my channel or they searched for WWE 2K or Madden and then, you know, Google is set up to bring them there. That's totally fair. You know, I, I've argued that for a while. And I will say this. I think when I started out streaming, you know, it was. Twitch is what everybody knew, so I could ask questions, and it was easy to get up to speed pretty quick. So, you know, I had friends that did it. The re- there was a lot of research on it, so it, it just made sense. It was a thing I can get the information on. And it's it was the easiest to get monetized. Like, you can get money from it the fastest. So if you're trying to get anything back, great. But I quickly identified the lack of discoverability, the lack of customer service. You know, like, there were a lot yeah. of flaws that stood out very very fast like it didn't even take me a month to figure that out every day just at least once or twice a month we look at twitch like what the f y'all doing over there oh no <laughs> lie especially these days yeah. they're, they're speed running these days but that led me to youtube to say okay this place doesn't have those problems the difference is it's going to take me another two or three months to start getting paid over here though so i gotta just double down some time over here build it up take advantage of the situation. So now I can get paid on both. And actually I spend way more time on YouTube than I do on Twitch. Now it just made sense to make the shift. But as far as like, and also uh, mm-hmm. YouTube has changed their guidelines now. So it's totally even easier to get monetized on YouTube. Yeah. And for people who don't know, like you can now, you only have to get to 500 subscribers, I believe instead of a thousand and get to 3000 hours watched instead of 4,000. And you get basically like first level monetization. Actually, to be fair, you get almost everything except for ad revenue and I believe stuff like the uh, like the the shop you can set up and stuff. I think that's still at like 10,000 uh, 10, subs. But everything else, as far as super thanks, super chats, all the donation type stuff, whatever, you get access to all of that. So if you do want to stream which is also why I think they pushed it out a little bit earlier after Twitch had their, like, snafu a couple weeks ago. Yeah. If you're going to be streaming, it's largely the same thing because it's it's like having bits and subs or whatever that people can buy. So it sort of solves that problem for some people, which is pretty cool. Now, again, it, you still got to get to 500 subs, or but that's doable for a lot of people. So that, that's totally reasonable. But, yeah, I don't I don't think racial makeup made a difference because there just weren't a lot of black folks to look toward. I mean, there just genuinely weren't. So 
I and, but the thing is, again, having done this for 20 years before I even started to get into doing content for myself, being in the business part of Magic, effectively, tabletop gaming, I didn't have the expectation there was going to be a lot of black people. Like I just right. just knew there weren't. So if I'm going to do it, I know I'm going to be one of the few, if not the one. Right? Like I mean, like I I learned like, the same thing doing news reporting. It's like yeah, they're just. <laughs> It's, it's going to be that part's going to be a struggle. And that's just something we've kind of had to become accustomed to. Yeah. Depending on what area you're in, there just may not be another one. You, you're it. But the interesting thing I will say is even this, this past weekend, right? We had multiple people come up and tell me that they started to stream or make content or whatever because they saw me. So and that's awesome. It is important like to like it, it's tough because sometimes you have to be the first you know or at least be the most visible but you know that also draws a target on your head right but that's sort of why i felt like even for us doing the show we've both already been in that spot so we don't really care about people coming to take shots at us because we've already been there dealt with it right like it's tough if somebody's younger or you know, coming from a space where they're completely open and welcome. And I'm not saying gamers are bad. I'm not saying magic players are bad. I'm just saying people are bad. And when you put yourself in a position to be front and center, to be the center of attention, those darts come more frequently than you're probably used to. My day hasn't begun until at least three people have told me I'm an idiot. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> So, yeah, it, it's tough. So, yeah, so I can't say the environment really mattered much. It was more about how can I get, where can I get the most information to get started so I can be comfortable feeling competent? And then what is my monetization plan? That was really what I based a lot of it around. And then, as I, like I said, once I got into the weeds, it was, okay, Twitch doesn't do these things well, Right. What do these other sites do well or not? What does Facebook gaming do well or not? What does YouTube do well or not? And then just figuring out how to work within each of those. But yeah, that's really what it was about. I, like race wasn't even a real consideration of like what percentage of the population or anything because it's just non-existent in a lot of ways. And even if they did exist, especially on Twitch, it might be hard to find the people anyway. You know, if if they do unless you're already tied into folks on Twitter or something like it's tough. But even then I will say over the last, well, let's say during the pandemic, you know, the last three years, we have seen more people of color come into the fold. And I think it's because more people were visible. Wizards is spotlighting more folks. You know, you've got a lot more, even just doing like D and D and these other things, you know, more things like the cookout happening where people can network and, and kind of build their image a little bit. So a lot of efforts are out there to try to change things, and that's good. And it's cool to be able to be part of it. You know, I'll say that. But yeah, the platforms themselves, like they just are what they are. So I didn't I didn't put too much thought into that. But all right, Brian, went to everybody where they can find you on the social media machines while we wrap this up. All right. I am Brian Sonic on uh, Twitter and YouTube and Instagram. And you can find me just about everywhere at Power Dragon, P-O-W-R-D-R-A-G-N. And check out all my stuff. I got a lot of cool things coming. And if you know somebody that's an affordable editor, send them my way on Twitter because I'm looking right now. 
But otherwise, wherever you are listening, whenever you're listening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Please remember to take care of yourselves and your family and remember to be awesome. And most importantly, remember to be awesome to each other. If you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us on our website at colorofmtg.com. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate other patreon.com slash color of magic you can also find us on facebook under color of magic and if you want to follow us along at twitter you can find us there at color of mtg and as always please share the podcast around to your friends your network people you think might enjoy it because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base 